0: Before we get started today, I want to remind everyone to please use our Blick affiliate link when you're ordering your art supplies. That's just MessyStudio.com slash Blick, and that will take you right through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio podcast. Uh, right now, the Grumbacher pre-tested oil paints are between 43 and 60% off on list price. It looks like most of the 37 mil tubes are 50% off. Um. So take advantage of that promotion by just going to MessyStudioPodcast.com Blick. All right, let's get on into the show. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Techno Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about downsizing in the studio. Artists are always given the good advice to be as productive as they can, to make lots of work, to go to the studio nearly every day. That's because only by doing a lot of work can you really progress and explore your full potential. Yet the results of all that creative output will inevitably pile up in the studio and in your home, leading to storage problems and other more personal issues. Today we will talk about the challenges of dealing with the accumulation of your own artwork with me as always is Rebecca Kroll.
1: Hello everyone. So I am facing this in a big way right now. Um, After over 30 years in one studio, my studio in Wisconsin, um, I'm moving to New Mexico. So I have been going through all corners and shelves and every place in that studio and dealing with many things. So this studio in Wisconsin is, it's large. I think it's 24 by 36 feet. And when I say it's messy, as we always do, <laughs> that is not just uh, materials and work tables and so on. It is those crowded shelves, back corners, crates, bins full of stuff. And a lot of that is art. Um, some of it going back to actually, to my childhood that has been moved from place to place for decades. Um, I definitely came across some things from high school, from college. <laughs> um, and so, this is what I've been doing sort of day after day, along with the household stuff, which is actually, we've been in the house for over 40 years. So, um, lots going on here. And I would just say, you know, from when I tell people this, I get a lot of responses um, in the realm of oh I should be doing that or oh I hate to think about doing that and so on. I know it's something that people relate to because very few of us can really sell or give away everything we do if we are productive or if we've been you know making art for any length of time. I guess you know everybody has different amounts of storage space and wall space. Um, and for some people it's easier to just keep a lot of things going on ongoing but for all of us the day may come when we want to or need to downsize if only to make it easier for other people to deal with when we no longer can so um doing this partially for you Ross
0: well and and I thank you
1: <laughs> you know we we do need to think about who we're leaving this to if if we haven't done it yet um and, you know, I, it, it's an emotional thing. I would say that as, as I've been doing this, you know, some choices are easy, but some are a lot harder. And there's a lot of choices in between um, the, the yes, put it in the dumpster and absolutely keep it. There's a lot of uh, territory in between. And there's a lot of stuff involved. There's a lot of attitudes, emotions um, maybe even a little bit of philosophy because, you know, I think about being in the moment. I think about wanting a simpler life um, and a simpler studio. It's just kind of more all in your face if you are uh, under pressure to do this because you have a move or you have some need to give up your studio. So it's very challenging.
0: Well, and it's something that really only you can do. Um I've kind of gone through this myself with the, a lot of the artwork that I created uh, over time. I've got stuff that I made in high school and in college. And for me, it's a whole lot easier to look at something and say, this is quality or this is not quality than it would be for you to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me to do that with your artwork would be impossible.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. I'd, you know, I, I would say I've had some excellent help along the way, but not in making the choices. It's more like, the physical, you know, friends have come in and helped me physically move things or pack things. But those choices are very individualized. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I guess, you know, before I I get too complainy about it, I would say that um, there is an interesting aspect to all of this, even even a pleasurable aspect in going through old work. And it helps me when I walk in there and say, Oh, another day of sorting things to try to kind of tap into that feeling of, Oh, is it accomplishment or something? Just saying, I have, I've been doing this for many years and this is what I have. And so actually looking at some of the things before I decide that I'm going to sell them or toss them is, you know, that's a moment. That's a moment of, Oh, this was, this was what I did that, that time those many years ago um and you know it's it's like this is my life you know and it's uh it's kind of interesting it's kind of a life review um but there is a lot a lot of stuff and i i think when i look at all the different areas of my studio all the different kinds of things i've got you know, this variety of things. I've got, like I said, stuff going back to a few things from my early life, from college, from graduate school, works on paper, piles of them. I also have really large paintings on canvas that I did in grad school, and that was a kind of uh, surreal phase for me. It was a colorful, kind of intense way of painting that I was doing that, you know, doesn't really relate to what I'm doing now. So I have some of these that are enormous.
0: Well, and I actually got to kind of disagree with you because I think some of your earlier work had a lot of this really intense contrast, which is now coming back into your work, which I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it, it does. When you look at the old work, it does. Yeah, there are connections. You know, It seems very different to me, but I can also see what you're saying, that there are aspects of it that that are continual um i think
0: your your current work is far more evolved than that work was but i do see a connection there's a period of time in your work uh where there isn't a lot of contrast um where Mm -hmm. you're working more with yes very soft lots of yeah atmosphere colorful fields um Mm -hmm. and uh and this this bringing back in a lot of hyper contrast, I think is, is very interesting looking at your old work.
1: Yeah, it is. I, yeah. So that's been kind of fun to pull those out. And then I stand there and I say, okay, this thing is like five feet, but by four feet, what do I do with it? So those are kind of problematic for me.
0: In some cases you say, Hey Ross, you need to take this one.
1: I did. I managed to, to give you the one that I did right before you were born for you. It's a large acrylic painting. Um and it is it is high contrast, it's quite a bold painting uh for a mother to make for her new baby, but yeah, that's what it, I did.
0: my wife, Kara looked at it, and she's like, I wonder what your mom's hormones were doing when she painted this
1: <laughs> uh yeah, it was it's a it's not what you would expect, I guess, <laughs> but anyway, yes, you're taking it with you, thank you. <laughs> um, I also have you know a lot of the work that I'm trying to deal with is stuff that. Was returned to me from galleries, from different galleries for whatever reason, because they never sell everything, and you get work back that's really good, but it just never found a home, and they're ready for something new, so they send it back. Um, and I think you also need to
0: consider the time frame when something was created. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hold something to the to the standards for work that you're creating right now. That you, that you, for work that you created in the past, you know. So when I'm when I'm looking at something that, you know, a uh, a a book that I wrote and illustrated when I was what what, what was that book? I was oh,
1: that was funny. I three think years were, old or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> yes, we've pulled out some ancient artwork right.
0: of Ross's as but well. But I I wouldn't hold this up next to like work that I did in college. And, no. and so, well, this is. This is total crap, you know? <laughs> no. I mean, for a three-year-old, it was quite good.
1: It was, it was excellent, Ross, and very strange, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I anything that I am holding on to now to either sell or donate, which I'll get into in a minute, is work I feel good about. It's work I feel proud of. And it sometimes surprises me because I tend to think, "Oh, the older work isn't as good or whatever." And then I look, I pull it out, and I say, "Actually, you know, this was the ta- This was the reflection of the time, and I am proud of it, and I do feel good about it. If it doesn't meet that standard." It's going in the dumpster. <laughs> so so that's part of this whole this whole process. So there's all the paintings and then my own work and then I'm also encountering work that is is done by other people. So either I bought it or I was traded, I traded with it, I was given it. This is a problematic category for me. <laughs> And, you know, I also have a lot of sort of uh, papers, stuff like records, like files and things. So all this stuff I've been going through, announcements, um, notebooks full of pictures of my work and so on. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about how I'm dealing with this, but I would say I don't really think I have a lot of great answers, but I do have... Some insights, because this is my current reality. <laughs> I haven't even actually painted for about a month, which is hard for me,
0: yeah, and it, honestly, I think it's incredible that we're still able to do podcasts <laughs> and so yeah, we're,
1: if, we're both a little frazzled
0: <laughs> yeah and and you know if if I'm sure that our listeners have noticed a diminish in audio quality over the past month, and I've apologized for it many times, but once again we are not recording in a in a dedicated studio space we're recording recording in a rented office space right now. Yeah. Um, so it is difficult for us to get the same audio quality that we have in the past. And we're going to try to get back to that, but it's, it's very difficult to produce work during this period of time. <laughs> I
1: yeah. I mean, it's not only, you know, my focus has been totally on this downsizing um, in both the house and the studio Um. There's no real space or room to do it. Everything is cluttered. And, you know, you and I are both just kind of exhausted. So, anyway, speaking from, you know, kind of in the trenches of this whole experience, um, I will offer a little bit of advice to other artists who may be looking at doing this. Um, And I would say, first of all, don't let it get this bad. (laughs) I mean, I... I recognize that for many years, I've just been sticking stuff on shelves. Sticking you, things you realize in that what you're
0: saying is very disruptive to our brand right now. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're like almost 200 episodes in and, and suddenly we have a revelation. Don't let your studio get too messy.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. We'll have to call it the the newly tidied studio. <laughs> anyway, this is my insight <laughs> To try as much as you can to do this ongoing. Um, I'm going to try to do this in New Mexico because this is my my revelation. (laughs) And the studio there is is not as large. And so I really can't store as much. And it's really the storage, you know, that I'm talking about here. So if you're just starting out or you're you're in a position to try to keep a lid on this, uh, you know, please. It, it does help when you eventually encounter this. Um, and the sorting itself, um, I'm coming at it from a perspective of, you know, keeping to sell or give away everything that I would consider my best work or my really good work. Um, and, and figure that a lot of this is going to find a new home. And some of it I will try to keep for myself because there are also things I've come across that felt significant to me. And I just immediately thought I'm keeping that. So, but there's, it's a lot of this work in the category of really good. So um, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, I would say that, you know, if you're facing this, realize that Gifting is fine. Um, I know you, Ross, and and Kara agreed to take quite a few things, which really was wonderful. You know, and
0: which we're very thankful for as well.
1: Yeah, and so we we went through the studio and and you guys chose some things, and that was really good. So I think I think offering if you're dealing with this downsizing, offering it to family and friends is a really good idea. Also donating work and I, I donated some large pieces um to the hospital here uh in Wisconsin. Other opportunities to do that might be to your library, to a local art center, because you know, then your work is gonna be on public view. And that's a really good thing. Um, you know, you feel like you're you're giving something to your community other people can enjoy it. Um, there are tax advantages to this. And um, it may take a little bit of work to find a place that wants to accept a donation because whoever you're donating it to has to take care of it from now on. So, you know, you have to choose something really nice and a- approach the right person with it.
0: Well, and in, in the past, uh, we've we've kind of Spoken against doing something purely for exposure, but this is one of those times when I think it's okay. You know, especially if you're giving to uh, an institution that you really care about and yeah. where that your work is going to be appreciated.
1: I, I think it's I think it's a good idea if you do it in a very um, I don't know, like you're honoring your own work, so you're not giving away something that you don't think is good. You're giving away one of your best pieces. Um, in an honorable exchange for public view. And I, of course, we would prefer to, to sell this stuff, but honestly, you know, places like hospitals and libraries may have exhausted their artwork budget already, <laughs> but they're still looking for pieces. So,
0: real quick, I want to do our mid roll ad read. A new quarter is underway at Cold Wax Academy the online learning program developed by Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin. This summer, the weekly online learning sessions focus on mark making setting and following intentions and composition. All sessions are recorded so that you can learn at your own pace. And there are supplementary assignments and other opportunities to participate. Join Rebecca, Jerry and current members to take part in this exciting international community of artists. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com to sign up and start taking advantage of all that ColdWax Academy has to offer its members. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it.
1: All right. So, you know, I mentioned that I'm keeping some of the work just for myself. I'm not trying to get it out into the world. It's a limited amount, but I feel like I want some evidence of my own kind of chronology, my own history. And I would say it's not necessarily um, the most impressive work. Um, It's just stuff that means something to me. Um, So it's more like a record, more like evidence of my changes, different phases, Um, you know, including some sketchbooks and things like that, Um, some grad school work, some figure drawings. And it's for me, I, I went through it all and then had a huge pile, now I have to go through it again. So it's a process of calling. what is it that I actually want to hang on to? Um, and I also question, well, what do I imagine is the purpose for this? Um, is it purely for myself? And that's good enough reason. Um, is it for my heirs, <laughs> one of whom is sitting with me here? Um, is it for... Any other reason? Perhaps you know, for general public, if you think anyone would ever be interested, um, or is it more like just for your own reflection? And and I I don't know the answer to that, but I am keeping some things just as a record. So, um, I guess it when you look at all that, and I mentioned I have been doing some calling. Um, there is that that second round where you get a little bit tougher about it. And with sketchbooks, in some cases, I'm just tearing out pages and throwing the rest of it away because my sketchbooks tend to have a lot of stuff that I look at it and say, what, what was I thinking? They're sort of thumbnail sketches and diagrams and notes about what I'm putting in a particular show or something. That's not really important. So, you know, going the next level, getting rid of more stuff. Um,
0: Well, and some of that stuff can be documented digitally. You don't necessarily need to keep a hard copy.
1: You know, and I keep, I keep getting that advice about photos, like personal photos and things. And I realize that for me, the actual object, the actual photo, the sketchbook page, I prefer that because I, I figure I'm not going to really (laughs) go into digital files that much. So, um, Yeah, that's personal. I I can imagine a lot of people would like to just have a digital file of that. Um, You know, I mentioned I have a lot of paper files, things like um, workshop notes, exhibition announcements, and things like that. I'm just keeping like one or two announcements from each show, again, as kind of a record, one slide of each painting from the days when slides were taken. And I actually uh, discovered that I had I think a complete record of my work by just taking one slide of each painting and stapling it to a um, a file card. And I found these nice neat file boxes. What a surprise um, I'm resisting to keep the temptation to keep big things just because they are big. I mean yes, they present a storage issue, but. Is it any harder to get rid of them because they're big? It feels like it is. And I'm trying to say, no, just because I painted this thing on a massive scale doesn't mean I need to keep it. (laughs) And that's kind of a hurdle that I'm um, facing right now. And also thinking about where will I put the things that I end up keeping uh, in the new studio in Wisconsin, I mean, in, in New Mexico, it's not as big, and so that's, I'm trying to be really practical where is this, this thing gonna go? Um, the last thing I wanted to mention with these kind of insights or tips, I think most people have heard of Marie Kondo and her advice about downsizing, and she always talks about, you know, does it spark joy when you when you hold it or when you look at it? And I think there is some relevance here. Um, there are things in your studio right now that do affect you. You look at them and you just want to smile or you just feel impacted. And those are things to keep. They feel meaningful. And I think we have to allow ourselves some of that to not be too strict about all of this. Um, so I would say, you know, having gone through and, and sorted things and whatnot, there are some some tough issues around physically getting rid of what you're rejecting. Okay, so this is, here are the things in this pile that I say are going out of my life and they're not worth offering to anyone else. And I, I don't know what to say here. There's not a lot of choices. Um, I thought of sort of a ritual fire, maybe.
0: This is actually a, a very good idea. It's, it's quite cleansing. You know, to yeah, to burn I, things.
1: Yeah, and I, I worry a little bit about, you know, the toxic materials in the paint.
0: Yeah, there's a bit of a environmental concern. Yeah,
1: and it's I cringe a little. I don't know. I haven't decided what to do about but this. But
0: this is this is what I did when I came back to Wisconsin originally, um, and uh, cleaned out a whole bunch of stuff from that house oh. from my childhood. I just yes, burned everything.
1: You did. Yeah. yeah.
0: It was very nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, there may be some of that. Um, And it's not going to be a huge amount of things, but it, it does feel like it honors the work in a way that putting it in the dumpster does not. And I have to say the other day, I happened to be outside when they came to empty the big dumpster that we have in front of our house right now. And as they were emptying it, there was a small painting that I had thrown in the dumpster. I watched that painting slide into the big you know, back of the truck bound for the landfill. And I, I had this moment of wanting to run over and grab it out of there because I had decided it wasn't that great of a painting, but it just felt awful watching it being treated just like junk. So, you know, these are tough issues. Um, well, we do put something of ourselves into
0: our work, even yes. if it's work that kind of gets rejected. Um, yes. And it's, there, there's... A personification you know of of this work to some extent um and it is uh difficult to see that it's almost like if we put you know somebody's body into the dumpster and <laughs> just watched it go to the landfill you know it, and it's, it's it feels awesome. like these things deserve a little bit more respect you know some kind of more dignified disposal solution yes
1: exactly and to have actually have glimpsed that painting being on its way into the into the truck was it was a little bit gripping for me and i just went okay this is what we're doing you know um i got over it pretty quickly but i'm just saying that's kind of hard um the other issue i find really pretty hard to deal with is is other people's work um and you know i don't feel right selling it even if i bought it in the first place and that's just a personal Issue, Hang up. I yeah. I mean, it does belong to me and I could legally rightfully sell it, but I don't really want to. So uh options there include donating other people's work. And that's fine. You know, I think that's very honorable uh, to put the work in a public place if you can. Or... um you know, offering it back to the artist and, and explaining, you're so sorry, you do not have room for this in your new place. Would they like to have it back? That's another option that I think is pretty respectful. Um, but yeah, it, this is conflicting, especially if it was a gift. And you're saying, would you like this precious gift back? <laughs> it's very hard. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about before we end about selling older work, which I feel is the best solution for your good work, and and I also mentioned giving it to family and friends. Okay, but talking about selling, um, and I and of course you do edit out anything that is mediocre, or unfinished, or anything. So,
0: well, and it's also I think important for your financial well being because moving
1: is expensive. It is, and and you, um, you know whatever I I think for myself I'm accepting upfront that I'm selling my work. At a at a considerably reduced price, um, for this short amount of time, and this is another thing that artists say. Well, you're never supposed to lower your price. I discuss this with my local gallery in Eau Claire because I do, I do work with him to some extent on this sale, and we just agreed that to say it is a one-time moving sale with big reductions, whether the sale goes through the gallery or through me personally, he's a very generous guy to work with me this way. But, um, we're just saying it's a one-time sale and it's a one-time opportunity. And then after that, everything goes back to the way it was. So I think it's okay. It's a special situation. Um, so, uh, The way that I'm doing this personally is to use um, the website Artwork Archive, which I've talked about on the show before. And this Artwork Archive offers you, uh, it's a database program, but you can also specify paintings that are gonna be publicly seen. And so um, that's where I'm putting all the stuff from my studio or as much of it as I have documented to this point. And that is, if you go to artworkarchive.com and put my name in, you can see that site. Um, and I'll put the link up as well. Uh, so that, you know, and I'm pricing things like between 25 and 75% off. So, you know, I just feel like this is a good time to get something, this is all older work that I feel good about. So I guess that's my little, my little sales plug there. <laughs> From, it's my podcast, I can do that, right? Right, you sure can. <laughs> okay, so if you've, if you've, you know, wanted to own something of mine, this is like a great time to do that. Um, we should have done that for the mid roll or the pre roll or something. Have <laughs> so, if you, and advice in general, if you if you have a local gallery that you work with, you really should consult with them if you are going to be selling from your studio, and hopefully you can work together um and coordinate things and say some sales will be gallery sales and those are your sales i say to the gallery and some are mine uh from the studio and that's fine um like i said i happen to work with a, a really open-minded and generous person so this this can vary but if you if you're trying to do this from your studio at reduced prices there can be conflict if you don't Um, be upfront about it
0: and you said that was that was through artwork archive where people could purchase your work yes okay
1: yeah www.archive.com and i think it's just slash my name but okay i didn't i didn't look it up well we'll make
0: sure to put that link in the uh the show notes
1: yes okay so um yeah, and, and the, the range of work on there is from very small to my biggest work. So it's it's a range of prices as well. So I would say if you are facing this thing of trying to sell older work or give away older work, to figure out the best approach for you given your situation. Um, If, you, if you're in a studio that you could get foot traffic, that's great. I mean, I have to set it up where people would make an appointment or come out to see me. Um, because I live in the country here in Wisconsin. But um, whatever works for you, and it's probably a combination of approaches. So you're doing some stuff online, maybe with a sales page, maybe you hold an in person event, like a one time big event, um, or an ongoing event. That's kind of what I'm doing because I can't seem to get it together to say a particular date. <laughs> In the middle of moving, this is this is a challenge. The other thing that I'm doing um is what you see on Artwork Archive is a set price. That is the price. And I'm figuring in shipping, packing and shipping, because what I'm doing is just taking things to FedEx and saying, pack it and ship it, because I can't.
0: You you have too much to do right now. I have now. too much
1: to do to, to do my own packing. So I'm figuring that price in as well as um, tax. So... Um, and and so when you set up one price, you don't have to go back and forth with somebody saying, "Well, how much is the shipping? How much is the tax? This is the price." And with Artwork Archive, you simply send an inquiry, say you want it, and then I send you an invoice. It's really a slick system. It it's marks, like
0: Amazon Prime for artwork.
1: <laughs> it is. It marks it marks the pieces sold in my own inventory. I mean, it's it's really a a, a very very good system if you need to do this to set yourself up with artwork archive it does cost something and I don't really have that info but I would say it pays for itself many times over so anyway those are some of the things that I've come up with from the trenches (laughs) okay well do you have
0: any final thoughts to wrap up this episode
1: I would say that dealing with older work is is always an issue it's an ongoing issue for anybody that's piling up work, whether it's stuff you've never sent to galleries, whether it's stuff the galleries send back to you, whatever reason you've got all this stuff. If you find yourself in a pressure situation because you're moving or because you're losing your studio for some reason, this is, it all comes to the fore. And it's like, um, this is challenging. And hopefully, you know, we've offered some ideas. Um, if you're in the middle of this right now, or if you figure you're going to be facing it and in the future and maybe you can avoid it becoming the rather huge issue that it is for me at the moment
0: (laughs) all right well that just about wraps up this episode of the messy studio for more from the messy studio please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com. And sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime,
1: embrace your creative space,
0: messy or otherwise.
1: Thanks, everybody.